I'm Jim Stevenson. Welcome to The Game Room. The Los Angeles Lakers are the NBA's 2019-20 champions. For the first time since Kobe Bryant's fifth and final title a decade ago, the Los Angeles Lakers are NBA champions. LeBron James had 28 points, 14 rebounds, and 10 assists as the Lakers beat the Miami Heat 106-93 to win the NBA Finals in six games. James was the Finals' most valuable player, the first to claim the title with three different franchises. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver awarded the trophy inside the NBA bubble at Orlando, Florida. I have a feeling that this Finals MVP is going to have a trophy named after him one day. The Finals MVP is LeBron James. For coach Eric Spolstra and the Miami Heat, the loss was difficult as many players were battling injuries along with the Lakers. The guys that you know, competed and played uh, in this series, we had several guys that were not even close <laughs> to being 100%, probably shouldn't have been playing, uh, but that's how this, this group uh, was they wanted to do it for each other yet Spolstra says his team had an amazing run during a unique time we didn't get the final result that we wanted uh, but even what I mentioned uh, to the guys uh, these are going to be lifetime memories that we have together this locker room uh, regardless of whatever happens in the future we're going to remember this year this season this experience and that locker room locker room brotherhood for the rest of our lives you know, you're in this business to be able to be around people like this. Overall, LeBron James has four titles and is a four-time NBA Finals MVP, the second to win that many. For me to be a part of such a historical franchise is uh, it's an unbelievable feeling, not only for myself, but for my teammates, for the organization, for the coaches, for the trainers, everybody that's here. We just want our respect. Rob wants his respect. Coach Vogel wants his respect. Our organization want their respect. Laker Nation want their respect. And I want my damn respect, too. Lakers teammate Anthony Davis was an integral part of the championship run. Man, we've been through a lot. Man, to ups and downs start from the beginning of the season. I love these guys. <laughs> and there wasn't much else to say as the Lakers celebration was in full swing as the team and the city dedicated the championship to Kobe Bryant, who died in January. Novak Djokovic of Serbia came into the French Open men's final as the top-ranked player in the world. But it was Rafael Nadal of Spain who prevailed on his favorite clay surface. Of course, I played uh, at a, an amazing level of tennis. No, the first two, for two sets and a half, I played great. Honestly, oh, no, I can't say another thing. No, it's impossible to have this score against uh, against him without playing great. Uh, yeah, we played uh, a very good final. I played at my highest level when I needed to play at my highest level so something that i am very very proud nadal won six love six two seven five he hit 31 winners with only 14 unforced errors i was under doubt before the match yes but it's true that uh, my level of confidence and tennis have been in have been uh, improving uh, every single day during the whole tournament so i was not confident because you can't be too confident going on court against uh 
against Novak. But I have been positive, uh, thinking that I, I, I will be able to play a good match. Djokovic, who answered post-match questions in Serbian, had been hoping to become the first man in the open era to lift every slam trophy at least twice. All the balls were in his court, even when I was leading in the third set. I was struggling to win those points on my serve. I had kind of pulled myself out of his break chances, but to be honest, he was just a much better player today. Hats off for his performance. Nadal's 13th French Open title ties him with Roger Federer of Switzerland for 20 Grand Slam titles overall. In terms of the records, of course that I care. You know, uh, I, I am a big fan of the history of uh, sport in general. So uh, uh, I respect a lot that and for me it means a lot to, to share uh, the 20th, uh, this number with with. With Roger. Djokovic, with 17 Grand Slams, still believes he can catch up to Federer and Nadal, as otherwise he could retire now. If I thought that it's too late, I would stop playing tennis today. But because I don't think it's too late, I will continue as long as I have fuel in my legs and the love to continue with the sport. I will try to become a better player day by day and to be in a better form and so on se trudim da ovaj budem bolji igrač i da budem u što boljoj formi i tako dalje mislim Djokovic says the so-called big 3 have no plans to stop situacije ove vrste um, iako sam ušao u tu četvrtu deceniju i uh, po nekom I have entered this fourth decade and from a historical point of expectations in tennis, Nadal, myself and especially Federer, who is older than us, have been written off and called pensioners many times in the past. But the three of us are still continuing to prove that we are the best players in the world, despite all the criticism and expectations for us to throw in the towel. Uprko svim tim ovaj pritiscima sa strane i možda na očekivanjima da trebamo da okačimo rekitu klin. As for where the records will one day end up. Let's see what's going on when when we finish our careers. No, we keep playing. Uh, so I, I don't know what what can happen in the in the future. Uh, I am just excited and of course it's something that means a lot to me and at the same time share this record uh between us that we had an amazing rivalry for such a long time is something in some way beautiful I, I really believe Formula 1 great Michael Schumacher rolled to an amazing 91 victories during his illustrious career British driver Lewis Hamilton once saw the Germans record as unbeatable now he's matched it it was such a hard race super bumpy and uh, physical and so challenging mentally and it's crazy 91 wins it doesn't get easier that's for sure if anything it gets harder i think uh, as you get older as you face different challenges along the way schumacher's son mick presented hamilton with one of his father's old helmets after the eiffel grand prix max first in of red bull racing honda finished in a very familiar runner-up position i was trying to to stay close but yeah throughout the whole race lose is just a little bit faster uh, but yeah i tried to keep it as 
close as possible. Uh, but overall, the pace was not bad. I think uh, compared to everyone uh, behind us, it was a massive gap. Good, good weekend, positive weekend, and uh, happy with second. Daniel Ricciardo scored his first podium finish with Renault, but somehow forgot to celebrate with his team. This is really bad. I forgot all about it. No way. I'll tell. I'll tell you why. Because as soon as they've done the champagne, Max was already spraying me. And for the first time ever, they chilled the bottles. So normally the champagne's like lukewarm and it was freezing. Or maybe it's just because it's so cold outside. So I was just, I think, just shocked with cold and I didn't even... Wow, I'm actually sad now. Well, I will try to get them all involved. Yeah, I'm obviously over the moon to to be standing here with this trophy. Uh, It's a dream come true and... um, just very happy that I could get over the line today. A very special win for English golfer Tyrrell Hatton at the BMW PGA Championship. Hatton came into the final round three shots ahead of French challenger Victor Perez. I knew I had to get off to a quick start. I was kind of like thinking, you know, you're three shots back starting the day. If you can pick up those three shots as early as possible and obviously birding two, eagling four got me right there. And whatever Terrell was doing, I was quite pleased with regardless of whatever he was doing. I mean, if he was 300 through four as well, then so be it. But I knew I was at least giving it a run. Hatton was anticipating Perez to make a charge. I kind of knew that he'd, he'd had a fast start and I said, I expect someone to to make a hot start and um, I've just had to stay patient and, and just allow myself to keep giving myself opportunities and I feel like I did that pretty well today. Perez was affected by wind over the final holes. A little different wind. The, the backside was going to be playing harder with a more wind off the left coming in, um, in off the left towards the end and it was just um, it was just challenging. I just didn't really execute coming down the stretch which is uh, part of the game. Hatton was not sure where he stood coming into the final hole. I didn't actually know exactly where I was on 18 in terms of with the three shot lead and uh yeah, it's fair to say I was pretty nervous at that point. Um, I probably would have felt a little bit more comfortable if I had known it was it was three. Hatton finished at 19 under par, four shots in front. Perez says while fans may see a big score difference, the actual playing difference is very small. It's, it's funny how close it might seem from being good to being poor, and I think it shows the quality of everybody playing on the European Tour that you can have great weeks and and actually it's not that far from being a poor week in a sense because you're the game is not that different you get a bounce here and there a putt here and there everybody's so good you have to to stay really patient and, and not you know judge yourself too much on how it's going because it could go either way really hatton grew up not far from wentworth and often came to one of the european tours flagship events as a young spectator his childhood dream of one day winning the event came true. It was a goal of mine in my career to, to win this trophy. And as a five-year-old, obviously walking around, I hope that I'd be playing this event one day. And to be standing here with this is extremely special and uh, very thankful. We want you back. Um, so England, they're, they're hopefully just on a loan to you. U.S. National Women's Soccer League Commissioner Lisa Baird wants English clubs to know they can't keep U.S. women's national team members for long. But she understands why they went there to play. Let's be honest. We had a disrupted season because of COVID. These are enormously talented players, um, you know, arguably the best in the world. And um, the season structure gave them an opportunity to 
to get a, a bigger competition in. Two-time USA World Cup winner Alex Morgan made a surprising last-minute move to London WSL side Tottenham Hotspur in September for the 2020-21 season. The 31-year-old gave birth to daughter Charlie in May and wanted to be ready to play in the rescheduled Olympics next year. Morgan is one of five United States internationals who have joined English clubs, seeking to play after this season's National Women's Soccer League was canceled due to COVID-19. Well, I'm, you know, wanted our player, all our players to stay here. I'm recognizing the fact that we have a postponed Olympics and and there's a... a, a a big season in front of these women. The U.S. Women's National Soccer League was the first professional team sport in the United States to return to the field amid the pandemic with June's Challenge Cup tournament. And the league is currently running an 18-match fall series. Stand up! Sports fans have a lot to hear each day on VOA. Listen to the sunny side of sports for the latest from Africa, the United States, and around the world. Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. Find the sunny side of sports on the radio, online, and as a podcast. This is the sunny side of sports. Right here on The Voice of America. I get it. Australia's rugby team has a new look after manager Dave Rennie selected just two players that participated in the 2018 Rugby World Cup in Japan. One of them is Wallabies captain Michael Hooper. We've got 44 guys in this squad. Everything, I mean, in COVID aside, it would have, it would have felt different. COVID, um, as well. It's just, you know, everything's shuffled, everything's changed and it's, you know, we've been able to, to play on that a bit and, and enjoy the change that's come. And with that change, you know, I mean, I, there's new coaching staff, a lot of new players in the environment and a new level of enthusiasm around, you know, doing do some things that we've talked about as a team and, and um, you know, what we want to be recognised as. Hooper played his 100th test, becoming the 12th Wallaby to do so, playing New Zealand to a 16-16 draw in Wellington and receiving many congratulations from... Ex-players, current players players, people I respect, family, randoms. Um, look, I've been very lucky um, to get some uh, get some really, really beautiful messages from, from those guys and people that mean a lot to me. So that's been great. The test is the first to be played in the world since the Six Nations in March when sports went into lockdown because of the COVID-19 pandemic. New Zealand has not lost to Australia in 34 years at Auckland's notoriously hostile stadium, which will be near capacity Sunday with 47,000 fans. We've got to play a game. Right? That's where we're at now. Um, it's time to put what we've been doing for the, you know, we've been talking as a group for a long period of time, but training for, you know, three or four weeks now, it's time to play. Relations between the Australian and New Zealand rugby boards has sunk to an all-time low after months of public bickering, and that's making emotions run high for the second test. Judo, Japan's very own art of self-defense and an Olympic sport for more than a half century, is certain to be a highlight at next year's Tokyo Games. But it is also drawing heightened scrutiny over widespread allegations of violence, injuries, and abuse. Yasuhiro Yamashita, a member of the International Olympic Committee and head of the All Japan Judo Federation, acknowledged the problems were serious, with injuries happening during punishment and training. 
I think judo basically must be safe and secure. I feel it is sad that judo is being perceived as an extremely dangerous sport, and Japan's judo world must take this seriously. But let me say that we've been working on that problem of preventing injuries and deaths with a committee very seriously for the last six years or so. Yamashita is a judo legend himself, overcoming a leg injury to win the gold medal in the 1984 Los Angeles Olympics, limping to the award ceremony podium. Tomu Hamana, three time world judo kata champion and an instructor of Hamana Dojo in Kanagawa Prefecture, believe that pushing a kind of judo that is to stick to fundamentals, gentle, fun, and inclusive for old people and children is important for the sport. As Master Jigoro Kano said, the techniques of judo, I think, are not something that results to injury. No way there will be injury. But that comes with learning the basics of judo thoroughly. But probably there may be instructors who are skipping such basics. Keiko Kobayashi, a representative of the Judo Victims Association, stresses safe judo is possible, noting that not a single child has been reported to have died from judo in the last 20 years in the United States, France, Australia, and the UK. The game room opens with news stories each week. Or play anytime on voanews.com. <laughs>